1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theaters. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theaters means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheaters.com. Time to talk music news with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys? You got your uh, chicken wings uh, orders and everything ready? I haven't it's ordered any chicken wings. Uh, wings? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in charge. I may, but... Uh, I'm not in charge of uh, Super Bowl Sunday foods. So it's kind of late to be hanging out watching, you know, big food, big Super Bowl, big everything. It's even later for you, Gary. It is. It is, but, you know, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got to do bad things to your body. Though. Well, it, I mean, it's a... It's a Sunday. If it were a weekday, it would be a total shutdown day. Is Business true. is kind of wind down for March Madness, but, you know. A little bit, especially since it's like a week later than it normally would be this year. Yeah. So There will be lots of, for the music people among us, there will be lots. You well, know, to be, besides the halftime show, uh, the Chainsmokers are going to be doing the TikTok tailgate party. Uh, you can watch the whole thing on TikTok during the afternoon, and then NBC will be cutting in and out of that uh, during the pregame show. And then the Foo Fighters have signed on to do a, a po- an after, a postgame concert. And uh, it should be at 10 o'clock. Um, it'll be on Facebook and Instagram, as well as if you're, um, if you're into the VR world, then Horizon Ventures and Meta will have the concert in VR. So you can sit there with your goggles and rock out. Who's got the national anthem? It is um, Mickey Guyton. Okay. Country singer. All right. Um, but but definitely uh, the one not to miss will be uh, Mary Mary is going to do Lift Every Voice and Sing gospel duo, and they're going to have the whole choir thing with them. I suspect that's going to be the, the pregame show stealer. And then from the hip-hop world, for the very first time, we have a hip-hop halftime show. A full-scale hip-hop And they didn't hold back in their press conference yesterday when Dr. Dre and Snoop said, about time. Yep, it wasn't even a press conference. Nobody was allowed to ask questions. Oh, really? Yeah, they just talked. Okay. And, uh, but, yeah, no, it's going to be uh, Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and Mary J. Blige, as well as for the first time ever, Two deaf rappers, including one here from Detroit, a guy named Sean Forbes, who are going to sign. They're going to um, ASL uh, the performances, and these—I've seen both of these guys do their thing, and they're great. I mean, they, they will be performances unto themselves, so that'll be something really unique. And you know, it's going to be high energy. It'll be a good throwdown. I'm not going to ignore halftime like I usually do because I just think it's kind of boring most of the time. I want to see these guys and see how it oh, goes. Yeah. I think it'll. I think it'll be. I think it's going to be a fun halftime show. Uh, Snoop was busy. He bought a record company this week. Yeah, he bought, he bought Death Row Records, you know, he, where he started his career. <laughs> and he bad-mouthed Kanye's boots. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you know, this is, uh, I don't want to get, you off, I don't get you off the story. No, you can't go too far. You know, you can't go too long without a beef uh, <laughs> in, in that world. And, you know, there's certainly, you know, there's, there's a lot of them going on. You got, you got Snoop Dogg and Kanye's boots. You got Kanye and Billie Eilish now. You know, over you know, Kanye's ticked off over some of her remarks about Travis Scott yeah. and what happened at Astro World. So now Kanye's threatening to pull out of the Coachella. Festival. So, what kind of an apology does he want from Billie Eilish? You know, he's got. You know, that just goes under the heading. That it's Kanye. 
Do you think he'll really pull out if she doesn't apologize? Ah. Ah. No. no okay. He's got another he's got another album coming out he needs to play. I wouldn't want to be Billy Eilish if Kanye pulls out and you got all those people there for the show. Uh, you know, I don't think they'll blame you know, I, I think even Kanye's greatest supporters and biggest fans know that he is a buyer beware proposition. <laughs> so you can't you know, you just can't you can't invest everything in him and feel like it's gonna happen. Yeah, he's kind of a nitroglycerin kind of. Oh, totally, totally. You mean unstable? Well, like handle, handle with care. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you see the back and forth he has going with, uh, it was Kim Kardashian he was married to, right? They're in the midst of a divorce, and that's that's, mm-hmm. kind of, that's nasty, so. Well, you know, so. yeah. How would you feel if you got replaced by Pete Davidson? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Kanye, Kanye's been trying to tweet around is gay. <laughs> So. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> we had that story earlier this yeah, week, right? Yeah. yeah so. so Kanye, you know, if you're gonna orbit in Kanye's world like Pete decided to do, right? Yep, you're gonna you yeah. know, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. Yeah. Hey, week after week after week we have bands selling their publishing rights or whatever and taking the you know, it's like winning the lottery, but only they, they didn't win the lottery, they they worked for this. Correct. And Sting this week is among a couple of who said, Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll sell my library, including the stuff from the police. Right, and he sold it uh, for an estimated two hundred fifty to three hundred million dollars to the Universal Music Group, where he has spent his entire career. That's that is the company that now owns the Police Record, the Police Catalog, as well as all his Sting stuff. So. Okay, Sting sold his part. Of, did Sting sell all the police stuff, or did no, Sting? He, he sold what he what he owned. So Andy and uh, Gordon, Andy and Stewart Stewart still have. They, uh, presumably, unless, you know, some people have, have very quietly um, sold their stuff over the, you know, over the years. Like, you know, I was talking to Judy Collins uh, in December, and she, she let on that she had quietly sold, you know, her, you know, her catalog. So, you know, that, that's how it happens. Uh, the, other, the other big one this week was the estates of Lane Staley and Mike Starr, the two deceased members of Alice in Chains. Also sold their, you know, their catalog to a company called Primary Wave, and so you know that's not the whole Alice. That's not everybody from Alice in Chains, but it's those two guys. What's the big feud with uh, Eddie Vedder and Metallica? (laughs) So you know Eddie, no Eddie Vedder and Motley Crue. Oh, sorry. So Eddie and and Eddie has a new solo album out today. And uh, so in one of the interviews he was doing before it, he was talking about, you know, his life and his career and talking about living down in California before Pearl Jam formed and uh, how he despised Motley Crue. Well, Nicky Nicky Six took exception to this and talked about how he despised Pearl Jam, called them the most boring fans in the world, uh, this and that. You know, Eddie Slapback, Pearl Jam Slapback saying, uh, we love our board fans. And then the other night on stage in Newark, New Jersey, um, Eddie was complimenting his drummer, actually Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, is doing the tour with him. And he said to the crowd, that drum kit, that silver beautiful machine that he is the engine of, does not need to elevate or rotate to do its job. Let me just point that out. And that's that, a shot. That, of course, that's a shot at Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee. Mm-hmm. And, the, yeah. and the Motley Crue showmanship. Right. So, so who... Is more relevant in this conversation, Motley Crue or Eddie Vedder? Uh, they, you know, they both are. You know, who's the bigger band? You know, 
by a by a nose maybe Motley Crue in terms of legacy and okay. you know a catalog that's that is still kind of potent and vital, and they're going to be on tour this year. And you know Pearl Jam kind of marches. Even though they signed that contract that said they would never to, tour yeah. again, yeah, and it would cost them all. Gonna, they yeah. say, well, I, I keep waiting for Alice right. Cooper's should be taking their heads off. I remember when they signed that contract. They said, so that's it. They've signed a contract. Contract. Yeah. You said, yeah, right up until they tour again. Right. So that right. contract was, a, was just a joke. It meant it, it means was, nothing. Well, it's show, it showbiz. Contract If we really want it to be showbiz, yeah. Alice Cooper should be cutting their heads off. I okay. Mean, All right. Are you watching Pam and Tommy? Not, uh, well, I've I've seen bits of it on Hulu. Yeah, I, I've seen enough of it to know that I don't need to watch all of it. Okay, fair enough. I'll, that would be, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go with that. Well, there's a conservatorship, but we're not talking about Britney this time. We're talking about Hank Williams Jr.'s son. What's yeah. this all about? So this is you know Sam Williams, an artist in his own right, and you know kind of surprised people uh, this week. He put a video up on YouTube, which has now been deleted, but kind of revealing that he is under a conservatorship uh, from his father and his half-sister, Holly Williams. Apparently, this was enacted in August of 2020 after Sam Williams' sister, Katie, was killed in a car accident. So he basically, and, and he holds signs up. He doesn't talk, but he holds signs up throughout the, you know, throughout this video um, detailing, you know, the, the specifics and the facts. And at the end, he holds up a card that says, I want out. And so there hasn't been much more about that since that happened. And like I say, he the video has since been deleted from YouTube. But Sam's an artist in his own right. He had an album out uh, this past August that had duets with Dolly Parton and Keith Urban. So it's not like he's not the real deal in music. So nobody quite knows what, what the story is with this conservatorship, and nobody's talking about it. And since you brought up Dolly, there's plenty of Dolly news this yeah, week. Yeah, there's a couple of things. So she has done a partnership with uh, American greeting cards for cyber va- for virtual Valentines, you know you can um, you can go buy a uh, you know with American greetings you can buy this card that has Dolly talking and singing and uh, once again a nice sent- thing Dolly just sent- does nice things. Oh yeah, have it sent to your loved ones. Well, this is nice thing for her profit. Yeah, well, of course. And then that works out well, but you know. Yeah, we also found out this week that she's going to get have some co-hosts. On the ACM Awards next month, Jimmy Allen and Gabby Barrett uh, will be her co-hosts. Uh, that that takes place March 7th um, from Las Vegas. And then we have the first million votes have been cast in the uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, fan fan voting. And Dolly is sitting at number four with I'm sorry she's yeah she's sitting at number four with more than 95,000 votes. Uh, Eminem's leading everything with 142,000 votes, followed by Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, and then we said Dolly and Eurythmics in the uh, in the top five. But it means nothing, right? I well, mean... it means one ballot. Oh, so right, that, but that, there's all many... those all those million people, and there will be more by the time we get around to voting ending on April 29th. All those all those people, their vote counts as much as mine. Your vote, and you vote in that, right? I do. Do you want to talk about who you're voting for? You know, I mean, I, I can say that certainly Pat Benatar, the MC5, Judas Priest. And those, are, those are your three locks. Those are three locks. And then I've got to, you know, consider the rest of the ballot and and where I want to go. 
with it. You know, there 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 are, I, few, there are some very good choices. Could I influence your vote at all? Um, you huh? know, depends on with what. <laughs> you're not you're not getting chicken wings Sunday, so you can't be uh, can't be bribing me with those. Uh, let's loop back to Dolly for a second. She's uh, making money on those Valentines, but maybe she's using that money to help pay for the Dollywood employees' yeah, the, scholarships. The, yeah, she's going to get uh, set up scholarship funds and and you know, monies for them to go to school and, you know, that's, which is great. Yeah. And she does, she does, she is a great citizen. More, you know, more niceness, just yeah, niceness. We just, we just can't, you know, she, like you say, every week it seems like she pops up with something that's nice. And even the greeting cards thing is nice. It's for profit, but it's nice. What do you think would have happened if uh, Dolly had a show scheduled to go and like the uh, plastic coconut trees didn't show up or uh, some some such thing like that. Would she have just rolled the piano out onto the stage? Yep. I see what you're doing. Sang? This is a very thin veil you're putting on your Adele attack. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Now we are referencing Adele, who, who by the way, had a big week. Right, um, after all Brit, that. At the Brit Awards, where she did perform. And after and all she that. She performed with her in a piano. Um, oh. But... <laughs> Yes! She also she also won Song of the Year for Easy on Me, Album of the Year, and Artist of the Year. So it was a big night, and she sparked a lot of rumors because when she was walking the red carpet, everybody noticed a humongous diamond ring on her left hand, leading everybody to believe she and boyfriend Rich Paul may be engaged. So did she cry her way to an engagement? Was that all that blubbering? Just a... I, I don't know. All right. I don't know. Um, she did, by the way, if you are still going to Vegas, if you had tickets to see her and decided, what the heck, I'm still going to go to Vegas, you can go to see the Adele impersonator as part of the legendary oh, diva show. Really? That's, you know what? That's really lame. I went to a casino once, I think it was Alice Island, where they have dealers who look like, well, they kind of look like celebrities. They're, like, they're dressed like. Yeah, like uh, Neil Diamond. Hair. Neil Diamond, Pat Benatar, Stevie Nicks, and then, like, when they rotate tables, somebody has to get up on this box with a wooden microphone and lip-sync to a song. I hope it's better than that, Gary. I had something like that happen to me when I walked into a Wendy's and I saw Junior Bridgman behind the counter, and then, oh, it was Junior Bridgman! But he... That's funny. He owned the thing. Owned yeah. the Wendy's, right. That is funny. Yeah. So, uh, we got some biopics coming. Yeah, we do. One is going to be a, a Michael Jackson biopic. Uh, it's going to be co-produced by uh, one, Graham King, who was one of the principals with Bohemian Rhapsody. So um, they're promising that the that my, it's going to be called Michael, and they're promising it will not only depict his most iconic performances, but also offer informed insight into his personal life. Now, this is signed by Lionsgate, so it's going to be a major motion picture. And keep in mind that among the executive producers of this are the Jackson family. So look for a nice, clean... So yeah, um, look look more for when they get to the, the allegations. Look more for it as a, you know, as the effect it had on Michael, the emotional distress it caused, rather than whether, you know, there, there was a there there. All right, what about Keith Moon? What part yeah, of that are we going to try and... Like that's what, what part of that are we going to try and sweep under the rug and clean up? I don't think they will. You know, I've talked to Roger Daltrey a number of times about this, and, you know, they're ready to go warts and all because, you know, they do feel and understand that, you know, Keith Moon was such a tremendous character that all these 
all these things he did, these capers he got up to, these misadventures, um, are the story. And how many of them are really bad? You know, did he, was he driving in a car drunk and killed another musician? No. Um, you know, did he cause tremendous harm in any way? Not really. You know, so it's, I don't think you're going to see, I don't think anybody's going to pull punches. It's going to be called The Real Me. Uh, it has a script. Uh, Daltrey and Pete Townsend and the Who's longtime manager are going to be executive producing it. Uh, Paul Whittington, who's done The Crown and uh, White House Farm, is going to be doing is going to be directing. Uh, you've got an Oscar-nominated screenwriter, so I, I think this one has a, has a chance to be really, really good. And again, speaking of the Who, they're going to play Cincinnati. For the first time in uh, you know since 1979, which is of course when um, you know when they uh, they had the stampede at one of, at a show there that killed 11 and injured uh, many others. The Who has been has actually been quietly very much a part of the Cincinnati community since then. They established a uh, a scholarship fund for uh you know for the victims and uh they do they do check in once in a while they cooperated with a tv station there that did a documentary and there's been conversation for a long long time about okay it's time for the who to come back to cincinnati that's part of the healing you know let's put a cap on this and you know have a have a healing moment so that should that should be a very emotional concert of course two of the four members of the who aren't with us anymore to be part of that show, but you know, I suspect it's going to mean a lot for the band and for the for Cincinnati, for the city, and for rock and roll in general. All right, where do we where do we wrap this up this week? I think we need to uh, we need to make note of the passing of Ian McDonald. Uh, happened Wednesday, but wasn't revealed until yesterday. If you're asking Ian who he was, a founding member of King Crimson and Foreigner, so the sax parts on 21st Century Schizoid Man on Long Long Way from Home, even on T Rex's uh, Get It On Bang a Gong. That's Ian McDonald. He did a lot of session work with uh, with a number of, of other artists and was just a tr- immense talent and a real gentleman. I got to know him a little bit and and a very, very nice guy. He uh, died at 75 from cancer at home in New York. So I can't figure out why my parents hated them so much. When you talk to them, like you said, Ian McDonald, a real gentleman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah like, I don't know like, how like, much of a gentleman he was yeah. in like 1968, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, things things and people were a little different back then, but but you know he was uh, you know and like I say, an immense talent. All right, um, who's your uh, Super Bowl pick? Oh boy, the uh, pizza. I mean, I I, <laughs> no, no. I don't I don't buy into Matt Stafford and the Steelers fans. You're not buying into Matt Stafford I'm because he was either. a lion for so long. And, he's, he's oh got, really? Yeah, he's, you got a bad feeling yeah, about and, that. And, and yeah. you're in Detroit. Right, so, so but not buying into that, even though most of the city is, and the the born and bred Steelers fan in me cannot root for Cincinnati. So go halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. All right, Gary. All right, we'll talk next week. All yeah. right, talk to you then, Gary. Gary Graff, our music expert.